welcome to Those Catholic Shrinks, the podcast about mind, body, and spirit. I'm Lisa. And I'm Regina. We're two Catholic therapists following the call of Jesus in our vocations and in our profession. So put the kettle on, grab your favorite tea, and let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is a special COVID edition of Those Catholic Shrinks, and you're listening to Regina. And Lisa, and watching too, because we're also and watching video. Yeah, this is our first time doing a video. I know. Recording. So if you're listening to the podcast, we also have a video edition of it as well. Yes. Well, today's podcast, clearly because we're doing something different, um, is all about coronavirus and your mental health. And really specifically, we want to talk about like what to do in this kind of crisis, because I think pretty much not everybody, but lots of people are feeling super overwhelmed. They're feeling a loss of control, like feeling like they're, they can't like manage certain things the way that they used to, or there's things that are just completely out of their control. So we're going to be talking a lot about that. But first, Regina, but first, I know, what are you drinking? This is the first time where everyone actually gets to see us <laughs> with teacups in our hands. So we're not making it up. We really nope. do do this every episode. Um, so I'm going to hide the brand, but for those of you who are avid tea drinkers, you'll be able to guess by the coloring of the box. <laughs> but um, I'm drinking an elderberry and echinacea with elderflower tea. Ooh. And it's very, I'm not a big fruity, flowery tea person, mm -hmm. but this blends very well. So it's got a nice mix. Caffeine free. It has all kinds of Wonderful things for your immune system, orange peel, beetroot, Ooh, if it. you believe in that kind of stuff. <laughs> but most importantly, it's very tasty. I love it. What are you drinking? Well, I only have the teacup because mine is from one of our local tea houses in College Park. So I feel like it's a local business, so it should be okay to say their name. It's Infusion Tea, but it's funny how I actually got this tea one morning came outside to get the paper with Jimmy and there was a yard sign in our yard and it said, you have been T T E A peed. <laughs> and then it just said, Misty loves you. So it was from my really good friend, Misty. Aww. And it had like two packs of like cute rolled up toilet paper and the tea put in it. Wow. And so what she did was she went on their website and like, it's kind of like basically like an, I love you to your friends. And so they put a yard sign in your yard with toilet paper and like and a blend of tea because then you've been teepeed. So it's like kind of their way of like still staying open in business during all of this craziness, which I was like, I get toilet paper and a like lovely infusion blend at the same time. This is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> that is really sweet. That's yes. Cute. So this is um, citrus sunset. So it's like, mm -hmm. you can see it's like, really red, but it's delicious. It's like actually perfect because it's starting to get a little warm. So it's perfect for, for springtime. Awesome. Yes. Well, before we jump into the COVID-19, I just had mm -hmm. the thought that it might be helpful to just do a mini intro of ourselves for those who might oh, be yeah. watching for the first time since sure. we're doing video. So for those of you who don't know, obviously our friends in the podcast know, but we're both licensed mental health counselors and we have practices here in the Orlando area. And so we love to be here to serve you and combine the ideas of mental health and faith and living out our lives together and journeying together in that way. Yeah. Yeah. And talking about mental health and Jesus and drinking tea. 
Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, so we thought it would be helpful to talk about a few symptoms, right? So how do you know if you even need help through all of this craziness that's happening with the transition of social distancing and quarantining? And one easy way to be in tune with yourselves to know if you might need some extra help or attention in these areas are first of all sleeping patterns right so if you're noticing you're not sleeping well staying up at night having constant ruminating thoughts your mind sort of racing so to speak that can be a sign that things might be getting to you a little bit mm. some irritability we know change in mood uh, so if you're generally a bubbly person and now you're moods kind of dropping a few notches on the scale. <laughs> um, or if you're super calm type of person, but now all of a sudden you're like way more agitated and cray cray like that um, could be, <laughs> that could be a sign. Any change from your normal behavior yeah. um, could be a sign that there's some anxiety happening for you now. Mm-hmm. Or just easy distractions some anxiety, you're just distracted very easily, short attention span, those could all be signs that this might be getting to you. So if you feel like that's you, you're going to want to listen because we're going to give you some tools of how to deal with that and handle this. <laughs> and more, most importantly, you know, don't lose hope. It's totally normal yeah. to feel this way. We're all in the same boat. We're having to take this as we go and adjust mm-hmm. to all of these changes. So it's perfectly reasonable to be stressed and worried and concerned right now because we don't know what's happening next. No, I mean, it's literally changing from like day to day, week to week. You know, I know in my work with my clients, like quite a few clients who are like every other week. And so each time we've been meeting, I'm like, what's going on with you? They're like, oh, Lisa, everything's totally different from the last time we talked. And it's true. Like, I mean, you just never know what's going to come down the pipeline, which is part of what I think is so interesting about this whole situation in terms of mental health, because, you know, I think we think of mental health as like isolated to the individual, you know, but this is something that's affecting the entire community. And we're seeing patterns across the community of how it's kind of affecting their day to day emotional health. And one of the things that I'm noticing is part of what is so anxiety provoking about it is kind of a sense of loss of control. Hmm. because like the normal everyday patterns of life that help you to feel like, okay, I'm, I'm in control of my day are gone. They're just for a lot of people, some people not so much, but even our essential care workers who are still working 40, 40 plus hours a week, like right. even their normal work routines are completely not normal. It's not what they would normally be doing. And so I feel like a lot of people are, are starting to feel this like loss of sense of control at least for me, that's what I'm, I'm noticing. So that was a big part of what I wanted to talk about today. Because when you feel out of control, that's when anxiety can really start to ratchet up. And so it kind of made me think of this concept. It's from Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. So I know a lot of people have read that book, but I think this one concept is really helpful in it. And it's the idea of like circles of concern versus circles of influence. And so the way that Stephen Covey talks about it is like in our world, there's like a circle that contains all the things that we're concerned about. So that could be something as as simple as like, oh, gosh, I need to make sure to wake up at like 7 a.m. tomorrow morning. So I'm concerned about that all the way out to like the state of our economy, you know. And so there are certain things that we're concerned about. And then but within that bigger circle, there's our, what we call, he calls the circle of influence, which is 
these are the things that you are concerned about that you actually have influence over. And sometimes we misunderstand that whole circle of concern is like, I have influence over the whole thing, which you don't necessarily. And how believing that you have an influence over everything in your circle of concern can really make you feel out of control and overwhelmed, flooded with emotions. And I think with our news cycle the way it is, everything is kind of presented into this. Like our circle of concern is like massively expanding each day as we hear new news of what's going on. It's the entire world, basically. <laughs> yeah, it is literally a global pandemic. <laughs> yeah. It's a pandemic of concerns. It can be so hard to like, when all of this information is coming in, to like sort out what of this is my circle of concern and what of this is my circle of influence and like really making a distinction of like between those two things. Love that. Yeah. And I think part of the way we can tell the difference between that, which he talks about in the book, is direct, indirect control versus no control at all. Yeah. So I think when one way to really know what what do I have influence over, what's within my control is direct control when he talks about that is something that's literally within our own behavior, our own ability to solve those problems that's something directly within your control. So for example, with what's happening right now, you have control over hand washing, wearing a mask, (laughs) how often you choose to go to the store. Um, Mm -hmm. Those are things that are directly within your control and that you have a strong ability to influence. Yeah. As far as indirect control goes, it's more about things that involve other people's behaviors, Mm -hmm. right? So all of this craziness around toilet paper. (laughs) (laughs) Other people's behavior influence uh, what's directly within our control. So I can choose to go to the store and buy toilet paper, but it might not be there. (laughs) Because somebody else chose to hoard all of the toilet paper. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. But I would say, you know, part of this, you know, we choose how many people we choose to spend time with, right? So. Mm -hmm how often we're going to the store, what family members we're allowing in our homes or friends. And it's really a difficult situation. I feel like this can be a source of a lot of anxiety for people because your mind starts racing. Well, have they been to work? Have they been to the store? How many people have they been exposed to? And, or family members who might be more vulnerable who have medical complications or of a certain age, you know, Mm-hmm. there's this sense of hypervigilance where we feel like we might need to overthink. And so I feel like that sense of control or as far as circle of influence, we might start feeling a little shaky, a little more anxious at this point. Yeah. Because we realize we don't have that direct control like we do over our own behaviors. Yeah. And I do, I think like the indirect control is where we start to feel the most anxiety Because like, okay, here's like some small things even that I can do with the direct control that I know is going to have like an actual positive impact. But like when you can't, you just can't control other human beings' behaviors. That's incredibly anxiety provoking when you're trying to do, okay, I'm trying to do this thing to like stabilize my mood, to stabilize my environment. And like none of y'all are cooperating with me. (laughs) And A situation like this, I think, really highlights how indirect control can 
induce feelings of anxiety if you're not aware of what's happening. And then as far as no control goes, that's pretty self-explanatory to yeah. a certain extent, but just to make sure in case anyone's <laughs> not sure about what's not within <laughs> your control, we'll talk about it anyway. <laughs> so um, <laughs> supplies, right? Supplies available in hospital beds, how quickly the virus might spread or just in general in any situation. Um, mm -hmm. If there's a power outage, you know, a hurricane's coming, we don't have control over that of where it's going to hit you know, on the coast and yeah. those types of things. And, and more importantly, if people become sick, you know, how it affects each individual person. Definitely. Yeah. Those are very clearly out of our control. Mm -hmm. And I think that for a lot of people, what I've been hearing, at least with my conversation with clients is very unsettling. That idea of, we don't know how long this season is going to last, mm -hmm. when it's going to stop and with all the changes and just that, constant not knowing yep. is really unsettling for a mm -hmm. lot of people. And not being able to do anything to like figure out, change it from not knowing to knowing. Like they're right. really like, especially with things like the total number of available tests, like that's completely out of like everyday individuals control. That's a big part of what like helps us to understand like, where are we in the progression of this virus? You know, cause we can look at the numbers for today, but then you'll hear somebody say something like, well, we don't know if that's the actual numbers because we don't have enough tests. And it's like, oh gosh, like you're trying to grasp onto some surety and then in comes like, oh, no, it's out of our control, you know? Exactly. Which is why I always recommend to minimize how much we're watching the news in any type of crisis situation. Yeah. Because first of all, a lot of these news stories are on repeat. Mm -hmm. And so if you want to exacerbate or increase a lot of thoughts, anxious thoughts, that's one way to do that is just have the news on for hours on end or be scrolling news feeds. Because for that very reason of what you just said, like all of a sudden, like, oh, we need more tests. And then, oh, just kidding. We don't have the ability to control how to test or our numbers were inaccurate last week and now we have new numbers in. And so it can really be this, sometimes it's helpful to just take a break from some of that. Yes, yes. And try your best to limit yourself to watching the news once, twice a day. Mm -hmm. But even I would say that's generous. Yes. <laughs> um, if you're feeling, if you're feeling really anxious about it and yeah. being honest with yourself. Oh yeah, absolutely. And recognizing that it can come in from numerous outlets too, you know, so it's not just watching the news, but it's also like scrolling through Facebook you might just hop on Facebook real quick to look on, on your phone, you know, to look like at like, oh, I just want to see what somebody's like chalk art has been recently, you know, um, or pictures of kids. And then somebody posts like this very fear mongering article with like this headline that is designed to make you click on it by making you fearful, you know? And so like, you don't even, you don't even have the intention, but it's still coming through. So like, through your phone, through the TV, through the newspaper. Like we get the newspaper in the mornings and it's like, I immediately hand the like main section to Andy and I only read the local section. Cause I'm like, <laughs> can't handle that. That's out of my control stuff. Local section is a little bit more like within my circle of influence. <laughs> right. You know, or even conversations with friends. It's like, okay, we've been talking about Corona for a while. Could we move on to a new fun topic? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I would even say even on social media, the memes can be indirect exposure and causing stress. So even though it's a funny meme joking about, you know, 
somebody on the black market buying toilet paper or something. (laughs) (laughs) It's still an indirect exposure of reminding us of the stress and the anxiety of the experience. It's great to be laughing and joking about it. I think that's a strength and a protective factor also, but even beyond the news, you know, we're constantly being exposed even in seemingly innocent ways. Yeah, like how, what's the total quantity of information you're receiving about this each day, you know? Absolutely. And I like the way that you say that exposure and that it's not that it's necessarily bad. Like you need to inform yourself, like absolutely to know, okay, how am I preparing myself? And at the same time, because it's kind of this like balance you're having to ha- to do, which is like, I need to like expose myself to the news so that I know what's going on. But I also need to like take a break so that I'm not like inundating myself with all this and trying to find the balance between those two things. For sure. I think the question then becomes, you know, like, what do we do with all like what you and I have been talking about? Like, okay, circle of concern, circle of influence, direct, indirect, you know, control. And I think all of these things are not meant to like add more information, but to help organize all of the input that is coming at us with this coronavirus. So really what you want to do is um, start kind of with that bigger thing and saying, okay, because not everybody's concerned about everything. Right. Right. So some people like I know with like the economy stuff, like that tends to ratchet up my anxiety and Andy, it doesn't, he's just like, he's like, it's there. I'm not really concerned about it. So he talks about it. I'm like, can you maybe not talk about that for, because that's in my circle of concern. Right. And it's in my circle of concern and out of my control. (laughs) You know, so I think what you start by doing is asking yourself, okay, what for me personally, am I concerned about this? And then say, okay, within that circle of concern, what's in my circle of influence? Right. And then once you've kind of determined, okay, what do I actually have an influence over? then looking at sort those things out into what's directly into in my control, what's di- indirectly in my control, and then what do I have no control over? And like you, if you want to, if like you're really experiencing anxiety over this, this is absolutely something you could like sit and journal about, you know, and like giving it titles for each one. Like, here's what I have direct control over, here's what I have indirect control over, and here's what I have no control over. In the direct and indirect, take action where you can. And really kind of focusing on those direct ones and where you can in the indirect, you know? That's what I was going to say. I was going to say, you know what? Let's skip straight to the direct control. (laughs) (laughs) Keep all of our energy there because otherwise we're just expending a lot of energy being anxious about things that we don't have control over. And and therefore it's not helpful to us to be using, investing so much emotionally energy and time and just doing this. Mm-hmm. of ourselves in those cash. So yeah, direct control all the way. Yep. And even in indirect control, like you can make adjustments there too. So like with the toilet paper situation, we're generally good on our toilet paper supply, right? But what, so what I do is, is I say, okay, just each week when I do the grocery order, I'll double check for toilet paper. If they have it, great. If they don't, okay. You know, so like I do what I can what's like within my ability to control my behavior with that direct control. And then I just kind of let go of the other side of it, you know? And so you can manage a little bit, but I think you're absolutely right. Like 
main focus is on the, what am I directly in control of? And then I think the last thing, and I think this is where our faith comes in for the things that are outside of our control, like what we have no control over. It's like, oh man, what do we do with that? Yes. <laughs> and I think absolutely taking those things to prayer and like handing those things to the Lord. What we as Catholic Christians are called to do is to say like, I don't have control over this. And there is somebody who is greater than me, who's omnipotent, who's all knowing, who knows what my anxieties are and concerns are and wants me to bring them to him. And I can bring those things to him and hand them over to him. Absolutely. And he is in control. Mm-hmm. And he always has been and he always will be. Mm-hmm. And I think situations like this are so helpful at reminding us that we never were really in control in the first place. <laughs> yep. And having that false sense of security. So this is a perfect opportunity to really get back to basics and mm-hmm. reprioritize and say, you know, maybe I haven't been as attentive to my relationship with God, you know, the one who created me and cares for me, even in the midst of what seems like horrendousness and really just making that connection stronger and having that trust that he's going to take care of me no matter what comes, no matter how horrific it might be or unhorrific and we're just super anxious. Yep. Nope, exactly. And it actually kind of makes me think of the serenity prayer. It's ubiquitous, you know, it's everywhere, but I think it's everywhere because it's got so much truth in it, you know, which is God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can. And this is my favorite part, the wisdom to know the difference. (laughs) Yes. Yes. That is huge. Yeah. I love that prayer. I use it all the time. (laughs) (laughs) So good. I think these are some like good tools for you guys to use. That's what, that was a big part of our goal is we wanted to not just talk about the craziness, you know, like, oh, this is really insane time. I think there's lots of people already talking about that, but more like, okay, here's the, if you're feeling anxiety, here's what you can do, like actual steps you can take. So hopefully we gave you some tools for your toolbox today. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening with us and drinking tea, hopefully, and hanging out. And uh, please keep in touch. Email us at thosecatholicshrinks at gmail.com. Thosecatholicshrinks at gmail. If you have any questions, we're happy to answer your questions on the podcast. Just send them our way. And we'll see you guys soon. Awesome.